You're listening to Playback, a Variety iHeartRadio podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. This week I'm talking to an actor named Brian Tyree Henry. Brian is one of my favorite actors working right now. You probably know him from TV's Atlanta, plays Paperboy on the show, Emmy nominee. Uh, but he's all over the place this year in addition to that. On the big screen, he's in White Boy Rick, he's in Widows, he's in Barry Jenkins of Beale Street Could Talk, where he delivers one of the finest performances of the year, and it's he's literally in it for 10 minutes. And he's a voice in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is out now as well. Uh, you know, this podcast is landing in that lull between Oscar voting concluding and the nominations, which will be announced next week. And look, if I had like a plea for the universe, it would be that this guy would somehow slide in for his work and if Beale Street could talk. The longest of long shots, but strange things have happened. We got Michael Shannon that popped in for Revolutionary Road a few years back. I don't think many people saw like Maggie Gyllenhaal coming for uh, Crazy Heart, for instance. So you never know. Uh, but I'm telling you, this, he blew my mind. It's one of the most electric things I've seen on a big screen this year. And I was so stoked to finally catch up to him. So here's my conversation with Brian. It's a great view. You can see all the traffic. You're exactly. And see what I'll be stuck in. Right, right. Go on. It's great. It's just the end of the day, and and it's not. It's like two thirty. I know. I know. I'm trying to figure out LA traffic, man. I'm like, so it's all the time. Basically, from two o'clock, you're like eight, eight o'clock. Don't go anywhere. It's all the time. Yeah. Hawaii. Man, it's kind of like all my inspired stuff right now. I like it, man. See Tiki. Jesus. Yeah, I have, were you there for the holidays? No, I was filming um, Godzilla vs. Kong yeah, yeah. for a week and a half, and so like I was able to like run around and like eat, like see the locals and like do some chase the chickens because they're <laughs> yeah. live chickens that just run around. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I was like, this is really dope. I was like, just a chicken <laughs> next to my car. There was one point I was trying to get in my car, and there was like literally like five chickens behind my car, and like they were like crowing, and I was terrified to get in my car because it was like. That's a gang. <laughs> like, and I'm not going to mess with that chicken at all. Yeah, they, the roosters and stuff, they'll wake you up like 5 in the morning. They're ready to party. Yeah. Kauai has them all over the place, I know. I did I did not know that was going to happen. But there was one point on the island that the chickens, there were um, chickens and stray cats. And, like, they got along. <laughs> like, I was like, so the cats aren't going to, like, it's like free game, man. It's like, not like West Side Story. <laughs> you no, know, I was like, oh, they actually, like, <laughs> respect each other. That's funny. We're rolling. All right. Okay, everyone. I'm here today with Brian Tyree Henry. He's the star of about 35 movies this year. I mean, it's like we're going to talk about all of them. <laughs> he's all over the place. You know him from Atlanta for sure. Uh, he's in movies White Boy Rick, Widows, If Beale Street Can Talk, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is blowing up the pot. The, uh, I almost called it the podcast. The podcast. Oh, nice. There may be one soon. I got the podcast on my brain. <laughs> the, the, the box brain. office right now. People are loving that movie. That movie's awesome. But yeah, anyway, thank you it. for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. I really it's, appreciate it. It's good to be here, man. Um, before I get to some of that stuff, I just want to talk about uh, where you came from. I mean, Fayetteville. Yeah. It's my neck of the woods. Really? Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my whole family's from the east side of North Carolina. Get out of here, grew man. Up north of Charlotte. Yeah. So you know all about cookout and Bojangles oh, oh, and yeah. all that oh. good stuff? Don't say <laughs> <Sorry>. it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I miss those. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's home. Um, born and raised for the most part. I spent time in Fayetteville. I was born in Cape Fear Valley Hospital <laughs> in uh, 
Fayetteville, North Carolina, and then I spent a bit part of my life in Washington, D.C. as well. So, yeah. like, all my sisters and my uh, nieces and nephews were all there in D.C. And uh, But Fayetteville, North Carolina is definitely home. That's that's the hometown. And then Morehouse. So you, we were probably passing each other on I-85 when Dude, we were growing man. up. But we, like, living next to each other. <laughs> like, watch me find out we were, like, neighbors yeah. and, like, in the same AP class. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, man. Atlanta, Georgia, man. Still home to me, too. I, I love Atlanta so much. Yeah. So that's why it's so great to be able to do Atlanta. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, like the even the title of the, the show was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to be one of the best times of my life because Atlanta was the best time of my life. Like, it's where I basically discovered that this is what I wanted to do. Tell me about that. What was that like? Discovery, like for you, was it early? Yeah, you know what, man. Like, I, I, people always ask if I always wanted to be an actor, and, and if that was something I wanted to do, it wasn't. You know, like for me, it seemed like something very unobtainable. You know, like because, you know, I, I grew up in front of the television. Like the television pretty much raised me. You know, like I was in a house full of adults, so I pretty much was left to my own devices, and that device happened to be the television and the remote control, and so um, I didn't see me. Up there, you know, I didn't really see any, any anybody that like was from like a little podunk town, like no, not that fables podunk. I don't need y'all screaming at me when you hear this, <laughs> um, but you know, like a little town, um, well, in a little city that that represented me, that that you know had the upbringing that I had, or like told the stories that I saw happening in front of me. So acting wasn't anything I thought I was gonna do, but it was like a mode of survival. You know what I mean? Because like here I have all these adults having these adult conversations and having these adult things going on in them. And I just always wanted to be a part of what that was. So the storytelling aspect was always in me. And it wasn't until I got to Morehouse that um, uh, good friends of mine that I'm still friends with to this day were like, um, why are you sitting in this class? I think I was like studying for business at the time. Mm -hmm. And I hated it so bad. Like, it, and it was over, like overbooked. You know how like classes are like packed to the masses. So like, mm -hmm. There was like 30 of us in desk and then 30 of us standing mm. in this classroom. And I'm like, by this window reading uh, The Bluest Eye, I think, at the time. It was mm. um, it was an assignment that I had, and I was just so into this book. And, like, he's up there talking about business law, and I'm, like, not even paying attention. And then my friends, like, knock on the window, and they're like, there's, like, an audition going on. Like, you should probably come with us. We're going to audition for this play. It's cool. Let's go to Spelman Audition. And I literally stood up in class and was like, I won't be back. Like, <laughs> I was like, see you later. I won't be back. I'm done. Uh, and I and I stayed there, man. And uh, you know, I think that's the best part about acting for me was the community. I got to be around my fellow freaks. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, my, I think my first class was a tech, technical direction and production class. You know, um, this great man named Mr. Thomason. Uh, he was teaching this class, and it was like at nine a.m. And I was like, I don't do mornings. Like, I just I was like, I don't do more. But this class I could get up for, man. Like, every day I was like, yeah, this is great. Like, you know, learning about playwriting, learning about directing, and learning about all these plays that I didn't even know about, all these black playwrights, all these Latino playwrights, all these playwrights of color, period. And it was really dope. Like, it was really dope. And so I just stuck with it. And uh, by the time I was going to graduate, um, a mentor of mine suggested that I audition for Yale. Um, and I laughed. Yeah, a, <laughs> like I was like, suggestion. I was like, I don't think you see my GPA, bro. Because like, <laughs> if you did, I would not. You would not suggest Yale. Uh, but you know, I did it, and um, and I still can't believe I got in because I, at that point, I was like twenty two and just a knucklehead and mm -hmm. not really knowing what I wanted to pursue. Like you know, I was all good going back home, finding out something to do there. 
and being okay with that, you know, but I didn't, I never had the aspiration of becoming an actor until all these people around me were like, this is what you should do. What was like the learning curve? Like, did, did you take to it immediately? Was it feel natural? Was it weird well, it, for you? It, it was, you know, first of all, that was, the, I did not know where yo was. I didn't know it was that far north. I was like, oh, Connecticut. <laughs> oh, bet. That's cool. Like, um, and I remember they, they invited me, you know, our acting chair, Ron Van Lu, he, he invited me to come to the school and like do a tour, you know, and, but the tour lasted for like four days. And, um, I, which meant I got to see like plays that were at the Yale Rep because we have a repertory theater there. And I got to see plays at Yale Rep, but I was just such a, I was such a knucklehead. Like I didn't know what any of that meant. So like, I remember there was one play, I was starving and I went to like this takeout across the street and I got fried chicken wings and like french fries and I took it into the theater. And this is where they're doing like a classical, like I, I think, I don't even remember. It, it was like, oh my God. And like I sat in the back row and I was just eating in the theater. Like I didn't know any etiquette. I didn't know anything. I stunk up the whole theater with this one. Oh my God, it was so stupid. But you were having fun. Man. I was you having the time of my you life. Were watching this. Yeah, I was like, yo, this is what it is. And, and that, that was the thing that I loved about Yale is that it allowed me to really be me. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I was able to keep a sense of self uh, when I got there. And that was like one of the one things I told myself. I was like, OK, you're at this Ivy League. You're at this prestigious school, which, you know, I'm I'm very naive. Like I like my naivete kind of saves my life sometimes. So, like, I didn't research, you know, fellow alumni. I didn't research anything before I went there. I was just like, let me just go check this out. If they really think I belong here, then let me see. Uh, so when I was going there for the first few months, I didn't know anything about their alum. Like, you know, I didn't know that Courtney B. Vance and Angela Bassett went there. You know, I didn't know that Paul Giamatti and Meryl Streep, all these, like just the legacy of great actors had come out of that school. So then I kind of like got really nervous. I was like, I was really in imposter syndrome mode. Like, are y'all sure that you want me here? Like, cause I don't really see a, a person like me here. Like, you know, I was like still walking around with a wallet chain, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> run over chucks and, you know, just being like just this guy. And, and, you know, my chair was very, very adamant that this is where I belonged. And, um, uh, it was one of the best times. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. It was like, it definitely was the hardest program I'd ever been a part of, but it was worth every minute of it because I'm still in contact with that community. Like I was always in uh, the theater management office, or like stealing snacks from like the designers in their office, and, and like you know, it was just it just it cultivated a community that I'm so grateful I'm a part of because I wouldn't be sitting here without it. Like honestly, when did you get the confidence? When did it finally um, take you? I don't know. There's just gradual? something. There's something about man. I can't explain it. Like when I do a play <laughs> or when I'm doing theater, my favorite part is the rehearsal. You know, like so you get like. A few weeks. It's, it's such a short amount of time. And you're going in this room that has tape on the floor. So that tape is supposed to be stairs and that tape, that tape over here is supposed to be, you know, a door. And that's, you know, you know, you working with like raggedy tables that have been in props for like years and you're just discovering stuff and you're just playing. Like you're literally playing. I was like, oh, that's why they're called plays. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, I don't know, man. It's like, there's a fearlessness that comes out of it because you're up there together. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You're sharing this space with somebody else and telling the stories of somebody else. And you get to be somebody else with somebody else mm -hmm. at, at the same time. And it's, it's like, it's like the feeling of when those lights come up, it's unlike anything in the world because it's like, I've never had stage fright. Like, because of like when I'm playing somebody else, it's not me. 
So therefore, it's like, well, what do I have to be nervous about? Because this is not me. I'm playing somebody else. But it just, I don't know, it's just fun. And it, it literally is something that I find to be incredibly fascinating and fun. And even if you're doing a drama, it's still fun to me because it's like, wow, these words have to be said. Like this character exists in a point in time and you have to tell their story. Like you have, it's so urgent. Like that's the thing for me with acting. There's an urgency. Like you have to tell this story immediately or else the lives of someone in this story will be affected if you don't. And it's just, I don't know. I just never really had nerves about it. It just seemed like something fun, especially when you didn't think you would become anything, you know, like if I gotten into acting to get my name in lights, I was, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like you, there was a passion for it. And I know that sounds kind of corny, but it really was like, it takes me at least a month and a half to read a novel, if not longer. But like, if you put a play or a script in front of me and I see the dialogue and everything, it's my favorite thing, man. I could read it over and over and over and over and over mm -hmm. again. So yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it, I guess it just came from a place of, um, the, the need to tell the story. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Speaking of Yale, uh, you know, Winston Duke and Lupita Nyong'o, were you, were you guys there at the same time? Uh, they were after me, actually. They were after you. Yeah, okay. they were after me. Uh, good, good buddies of mine. It's They're really so interesting, great. They're so great. There's a, there's a whole gamut of great actors coming out of Yale. Um, you know, it's so weird because I look at them as my peers, but I was like, damn, I feel old. Like, <laughs> you know, cause like we were under the same chair, Ron Van Loo and, I was his first class. I was in the first class, so they were um, in the classes underneath me, and I kind of feel like the old sage, <laughs> like even though these are my peers. Uh, but yeah, uh, Yale has got some really, really, really great um, and prolific people. You know, Terrell Alvin McCraney was there for yeah. playwriting, and uh, you know, there's some great directors come. I mean, it's just it's, that place is dope. It's a yeah. dope place to go, and also it's the best place to study because you're in New Haven, Connecticut. There's nothing to do. <laughs> to do. <laughs> like, no, like, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. So it's like you're in New Haven and you better master your craft because, like, you're up here in the snow. <laughs> and, like, it's like, but it's, it, it's, it's a great place. And it's so nice to see us all emerging that way and doing so well. Like, it's really, it's really good. I think it's a testament to the institution, honestly. And I'm just so glad to be great to be a part of the number. So glad to be a part of the number, man. Very cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk about. Uh, let's start with Spider Man. Uh, this one's out in theaters now as well. It just really took off at the end of the year. Uh, I saw it, you know, December or something, and, yeah. and you know, I was looking forward to it, but I had no idea I was going to love it as much as yeah. I did. Yeah. And, I mean, this this movie is awesome, and it's doing really well. It's winning all these critics awards. It just won the Golden Globe last year. Yeah, weekend. it did, man. It's crazy. So, I mean, being a part of this movie, uh, I don't think you've done. Have you done voice acting before? Or am I? Yeah, that. like I did a, 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 a brief episode of BoJack Horseman. Oh yeah, well, uh, TV, and, yeah, yeah, and um, I, I think I've done. Have I done? But this was like the mo first motion picture that I. This is interesting too because you're playing like a. a it's not like you're playing like a cat. <laughs> you know, like you're playing like a real guy. Yeah. With, it's like a very emotional part yeah. in many ways. Yeah. I mean, so just tell me about being a part of this project. I mean, man, it, I it's it's a dream come true. I've always wanted to be a part of the Marvel universe in any way whatsoever because you know, like the Marvel universe kind of saved my life. You know, as a kid and to this day and. You know, especially the story of Spider-Man. You know, it was like, it's really cool, like, how you have this kid who's, like, you know, just an ordinary kid. gets bitten by a spider and all of a sudden can do everything spiders do. And, you know, he gets a really cool outfit and he saves the day. And uh, what I like about this story is that the whole theme is that anybody can wear the mask. And mm -hmm. that includes people who look like me. 
You know what I'm saying? So um, Miles Morales, first of all, being, you know, a biracial child from Brooklyn, you know, I'm his father. And then uh, Luna Velez plays his mom, um, who is Latina. And it's really cool. Like, I mean, it's, it's something that I... It's so weird how you look at something like that. Like, in my lifetime, I always just envisioned Spider-Man being a white guy. It's Peter Parker, mm-hmm. you know, from Queens. Like, that's how it's always been. But to know that Stanley has created this universe where anyone, you can look and be anything and be you be from anywhere and still be a superhero is the most amazing thing in the world. So to get the opportunity to play his father, you know, because you also have this kid who's both of his parents are in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, both of his parents are like service people, you know, his mom's a doctor, I'm a cop, you know what I mean? And it's, it's like a different mythology. It's a whole different yeah. thing. He's he's bilingual, you know what I mean? And he goes to a great school and he's he's, he's a great kid. He's a great kid. And um all of a sudden this responsibility comes. You know what I mean? All of a sudden he becomes the superhero. And it's just, I don't know, man. They they did something very special uh, uh, with this project, and I'm I'm really incredibly incredibly grateful to be a part of it. I didn't realize like how because I'm a huge animated dude. Okay, like I love I love animation. Like I will watch it all the time. Like I still watch The Simpsons to this day. Like I mean, I will never stop watching The Simpsons. You know, South Park, Bob's Burgers, all that stuff. It was it's been my like life's blood. Like I I, I love it because like you don't see the person mm-hmm. who's doing the voice, but you got to really make people believe that these characters are going through what they go through. And um, I will say that this movie is doing something, I think, kind of revolutionary because it's the first animated Marvel movie. And, like, everyone is doing, like, everyone is acting their faces off in this movie. Like, it's really, it's like a drama and a comedy and action movie at Mm -hmm. the same time. And it's, and, you know, it spreads far and wide. Like, you can be three years old or you can be, like, 35 or 50, 60 years old and still enjoy this movie. And I like what it's doing about bringing people together. And just like really driving home the fact that anyone can wear the mask, like even you, like the fact that I'm excited for Halloween because I can't wait to see how many yeah. little kids, how many little black and brown kids are going to run around being Miles Morales, you sure. know, this Halloween. And it's really, really dope. And it was really important for me to play his father um, in, in a way that you understood that this kid is loved. You know what I mean? Like there's a scene in the movie. I'm not going to give it away, but, you know, he goes through something really kind of like shocking and the first person he calls is his dad i was like wow like not his friends not somebody you know not somebody else you know that he from the block you know he's calling his dad and i just really wanted to drive home the fact that 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 they love each other Mm -hmm. like that's the big thing that i that i really really love about this movie is that this family loves each other and they will do anything to take care of each other and uh, and it's just great man I mean like everyone in the movie is fantastic Shamik is great Jake is great like every I mean like Mahershala is my brother you know and it's just so great because you're not in the studio with these people mm-hmm. um, I had the luxury of doing my scenes with Shamik though like we were uh, in the studio together so like like there's a car scene that's in the movie and like they literally set up the room to be like a car so like there's two chairs <laughs> yeah and, like yeah. a rear view mirror and it was really cool and i i love that it's, it's the play of that that yeah. i like you know that like it, that kind of connection it takes you back to the tape oh, on man. the floor like seriously it yeah. was great so uh, i'm really glad to see that it's doing so well and i'm really really so honored that we won a golden globe man it had to be a trip too when you finally saw it i mean you're in rooms <clears throat> yeah. doing doing these vocal yeah. performances and then you finally see like this is a trippy psychedelic yeah. 
amazingly animated film. Yeah. And uh, they like they really broke some ground. I feel like it's kind of like I really feel like it's earned its place in history a little no bit. Doubt. I've never, I've literally never seen anything like it. Uh, I want to talk about Beale Street now. I was uh, I've seen this movie a couple of times now. I, oh, yeah. I, I adore it. I was at the Apollo screening. Oh, that's right. Yeah, man. Great, yeah. great screening. Obviously, uh, we talked to Barry when I was in New York for that on the show. <clears throat> this movie is is stunning. It's exquisite. The craft is amazing. And you come into it, you've got ten minutes, and you. I'm in awe of what you do in this movie, man. I just got to tell you wow. straight up. I, Thanks, I think it, I think it is one of the greatest performances of the year. Wow. Uh, you know, whatever category, whatever, whatever. I mean, it's just like <laughs> it's a stunning it, – it's like it's a moment in the movie that just grabs you and does not let go of you for those 10 minutes. Yeah. And it was all on your shoulders, man. I mean, yeah, Stefan's doing a lot too, but like it was it was a huge moment for you. And just what did it feel like knowing – or did you know that? Did you know? Did it feel like it was going to be this huge anchor in the middle of the I movie? I had no idea. And yeah. I, I had no idea. And, I, and I'm kind of glad because that's a testament to Barry. You know what I mean? Like um, the way that he works and the way that he crafts these environments is, is so – it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And, you know, I live in Harlem. I'm, I'm Like that's that's my home. And so we're filming like eight blocks from my house. So there was something that the the one responsibility that I did feel like I had to have is to make sure that I I, I represented my my neighborhood well, you know, because Daniel, you know, is of that ilk. You know, that's mm-hmm. where that's home. You know, that's where he's from. And um, your character's name is Daniel. Yeah, and uh, and so when I read this scene, I was like, okay. That's heavy. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is heavy. Like, it's heavy, but it's still a moment between, between two friends. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and here's another thing. Like, you know, whenever I get the, the opportunity to play these black men that I play, I don't ever want to pretend like I know everything that they've been through. So, like, for example, I've never been to jail. I don't ever want to know what that's like. I don't ever want to lie on what that experience is either for people who have been through it. You know, like there's no way I will ever go to somebody who's been locked up, especially a black man, and ask him, you know, how how was it in there? Mm. Not that's not my place. Mm-hmm. Like for real. Like the fact that you're even out and that you're in this world and you made it through that, that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. Like that that's enough for me. You served your time. Like I, I just, there's just something I don't want to. I don't want to feel like I'm invading that experience or taking away from what that experience is because that's heavy. You know, the statistics say that one in three black men are going to be incarcerated. That's just how it is. Like that's just the way of the world. And and it's here are two men, two black men sitting in a room, and one of them has already been uh, put in jail. So with Daniel, I just wanted to make sure for all the Daniels out there that they felt like they were being heard, man. Because it's very rare that there's someone that you feel like you can open up to uh, with that experience. And it's also, we, we live in a society, especially as black men, that we're told that we can't have feelings, that we can't really, you know, cry, or that we can't be angry, or that we can't, you know, be passionate about a lot of things. And and I feel like this scene in particular was important for me to showcase the fact that Daniel has all these things inside of him. Uh, but the first thing you see of him is joy. You know, like he sees his friend coming down the street in this era that we're living in that's already telling us we can't have anything. And he's coming from having a job and I'm being released. But he don't have to know that. You know, all he needs to do is see that I want to throw my arms around him and hug him because here we are out in the world free, mm-hmm. technically. And so to reconnect with him and hear what he's going through, you know, with uh, Tish, you know, like it's like, 
And at the end of the day, I'm still happy that you have that. Like, even though I see this apartment that you're in that is, you know, a little dilapidated, you have a roof. Even though, you know, it, it doesn't seem like you have a lot of money and no one is giving you a chance to have an apartment, you get to do your art. You know what I mean? And so I think that that moment sitting at the table with Steph uh, was just a moment in time. It's like Barry dropped us in this room, and it's very rare that you don't have, like, the crew on set. Like, you mm-hmm. know, usually when you're doing a scene, there's some you can see the boom mic. You can see, you know, the director sitting there. You can see this. This That's not how Barry did this. He basically, this the set was set up for it to be this apartment, and they were on the outside. And uh, Barry took away a camera and just let it be one camera. So it was going back and forth between us. And, and we literally just talked. Mm-hmm. And we just had the scene. And the weight of that moment was so terrifying to me. But I knew that this, how can I stop him from going through the same thing? Yeah. Like, honestly, like, how can I stop him from going through the same thing? Because that's my brother, man. Like, I'm sure that up until that moment, we've talked about everything, but I was out of your life for two years. I was locked up for two years. And in those two years, the things I've seen, you, you, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And I just wanted to really make sure that every, every brother out there who has been through that heard it. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to make sure that they, that they knew that one, you are welcome here and you are free. You know what I mean? And even when you don't feel free, there is a freedom and brotherhood, mm-hmm. honestly. And it just felt like a space to be free with um, Fani in that in that moment. And uh, Barry just let us have it, you know, just yeah. let us have it. And then right after that, Tish cooks a meal and we're and rejoice again. And that's what it feels like. I mean, like, that's what it feels like for for us sometimes because it's like you have to – you're made to feel like you have to hide Mm-hmm. You know what you're going through. You, you, sometimes you feel like nobody cares what you're going through. Being a black person in this country and being a black man in this country and being a black woman in this country, it's like, it just feels like no one hears you. You know, sometimes and we have to create safe spaces sometimes. And I feel like in that in that scene, you get to see a safe space being created. Yeah. No matter how much time has happened in between us being apart. It's like we pick up right where we left off. I, I and I kind of call it kind of like a ballad, like a like ballad scene because it's kind of musical to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of there's like I think you can feel the weight once Daniel decides to to really share with finding what's going on. And um, yeah, man, I I I just really wanted to show my respect to yeah. the Daniels out there. And <clears throat> as you say, I mean, you cover a spectrum in this scene i mean it's not like one gear i mean yeah. you're, you're shifting all over the place ultimately just ramping into what you're going to talk about i yeah. feel like the whole movie is in this scene in some sense too just thematically speaking <clears throat> just things like the the by the balls comment i mean it's yeah. all it's all in this scene the movie is in this scene and uh yeah dude i mean it's 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 a Stunning display. I, I kind of just want to fawn over you. Oh program. man, I, I appreciate mean, it. I've been you, saying, I've been talking about it all year long, and I love, I love the little things you do, like just like the interplay with Kiki when she comes in, just like the mm-hmm, yeah, like sharing that kind of mm-hmm moment. Well, that's just, the life, it's man. So real. That's the yeah. life. That's that's kind of like the one thing that I I love about what I get to do is that you know these men are men that I know. You know, like they're all men that I, I, I've, I know and that I've, I've 
lived with and and could one day become you know what i mean like that's that's the thing i mean it, like that's like alfred is one of my favorite people on the planet like getting to play alfred is one of my favorite things because like he is literally my best friend like i i know this guy like i went to school with this guy i see my father in this guy and i just don't ever want to um lose the opportunity to share those moments with people yeah. because there's a lot there's a lot of people who will never encounter Alfred truly, who will try not to mm-hmm. encounter Alfred truly. There are people who are already going to put their things on Daniel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there are people who, and it's so, and I want to always show what you're missing out on. Like they're actually pretty dope people. Like even Jamal and Widows, like honestly, I mean, he may be a psychopath, but at the end of the day, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's something to somebody. Yeah. And um, I don't know. There's just a, there's a, these guys are all so unique and so dope. And I hate that in this lifetime, some people just won't ever get a chance to, to, to know them. So I just want to make it where, when you see these people and you hear them and you hear these characters and you hear these men that you're like, I want to get to know them. I want to know what's going on with them. Like after it's done, I want to get to, to really experience what they experience. And that's kind of what I love about the scene in Bill street for it being 12 minutes or whatever, how short it is, is that, I want you to think about him because there's a lot of them that don't get thought of once, you know, yeah. you, 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 you see them and they're never seen again. And I want them to sit with you. I want you to take them home with you, you know? So, so yeah, I always want to, I, I really always want to embody what their experience is because it, it happens so quickly sometimes. Yeah. Like Alfred technically should, should be around, you know what I mean? And, and please believe he's heard that. Please believe that Alfred's heard that people are like, man, you shouldn't even be here right now. Like, you, the, people have probably told him he couldn't be anything, you know. And so I just always want to show the, I guess, humanity of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, it sounds very artsy fartsy, but like that's true mm-hmm. because they are human beings. And it, you know, you're missing out if you don't get to know them. No doubt. Also, I, I told Barry this uh, the beginning of that scene. It's like. The greatest screen hug in history. Like I want to be a part of that <laughs> hug. Yeah. Just, it's just like that first shot of you. It's just shot shut so well. I mean, yeah, man. Barry, I mean, like a he's moment. a visionary, man. I mean, and the let's not let's not sleep on the the score of this movie either. What's because, going on like, with the score? And I mean, the, the Miles Davis is in the first half, but what he does with the score yeah. at the second half and cranks it down. This is amazing, man. I mean, that amazing. score is like it's like I, I mean, I, I I find myself playing the soundtrack to, mm-hmm. <laughs> in my house all the time, and it's just so. It's just it, it it's so visceral. You like you can't help but feel yeah. what's going on on that screen. And you know, I, I'm so glad that I got to act with you know Regina King, who you know is just like she's been like an icon to me for most of my life, and and uh, and a masterclass as well. And you know, Coleman Domingo and Kiki and Steph, and I mean like it's it's like. It, it, I, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't had a chance to actually think about how great this year has been because I've been doing the work. Mm-hmm. And now I actually get to sit down and go, holy shit, like, wait, like, you just were in the number with these people creating yeah. this, this, this beautiful, beautiful art with them. And it's like, I, I don't know, I want to trade it for the world. So to hear you say what you're saying to me and what you're taking from it means that I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I must be doing the right thing. You're doing it right. So I'm, I really appreciate that, man. You got it, man. Let's talk a little bit about Widows, actually. You mentioned it there. I mean, you get to go dark and villainous with this one. Um, <laughs> jerking dogs around. I mean, and- <laughs> like, he, he, I want my money. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's as simple as that. 
And that's the funny thing about widows is like you know Jamal really just wanted to run for alderman. That's it. Like and he, you, you mess with my money. Yeah. Um. Uh. Working with Steve McQueen first of all was um. Unlike anything in the world, because he's he's awesome. Like the see see, it's all coming out now. Like I'm saying it out loud. I'm like, oh wait, you just worked with Barry Jenkins and Steve McQueen. <laughs> like that's that's really dope. Uh, but Steve McQueen is really great. He's like he is really a true, 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 true artist. And like getting the chance to be in Chicago to do this movie was an incredible. Getting a chance to me make a kind of um, activist movie in, in my way, uh, not not just for the female empowerment, but also for like you know a black kid from Chicago running for alderman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's this is where he's from. And uh, I was doing it with Viola Davis, <laughs> like, you know, doing with Viola Davis and Elizabeth Debicki and Michelle Rodriguez and Cynthia Erivo, like just these amazing, like amazing, amazing talents that I, I just never in a million years um, thought. Don't that forget I, Daniel. And Daniel <laughs> is my brother, man. Like, I mean, Dan, let's, I mean, like that, like it, that was like the sickest feeling in the world like that me and him are playing brothers standing in a cemetery watching this woman like we gotta go get our money like you can't it's like the greatest that. movie it was, still oh man it was like i mean it, it was just the greatest 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 moment and um i love jamal too <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love jamal very much man yeah. like i love jamal so much and uh i don't know like i i think it, I, there's something to be said about Walking into an apartment and threatening Viola Davis's life, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of want that on my tombstone. Like, remember <laughs> me as the guy that threatened her life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a great experience, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, there's so much I could say. It's just like, um, we'll you talk know. about Steve. Maybe I mean, Steve is. I love him because he's one of the most direct people in this business. Like, he does not like <laughs> dance around stuff, and I love him for it. Yeah, and I love talking to him. Uh, is is he, is he that way as a director? Is he very just like? Well, you can tell that he loves actors. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell that he wants to know what we're thinking, why we're thinking, what we're thinking, where we're going with what we're thinking. He's incredibly malleable. Like, he he really will let you go where you want to go, but he also is has no problem guiding you with not just the tone or, or pushing you to do things that you probably didn't even know you wanted to do. I didn't know I was going to be working with a dog. I had no <laughs> clue that this obstacle of having this actual dog was going to be in there. But, you know, your husband stole my money and you look just like me, but you live in this penthouse. You would never come to my neck of the woods ever. You know, you would never come to West Side Chicago, South Side Chicago. There's no way you would do it. And the fact that you just... Why don't we know each other? You know what I mean? Like, why don't we have this opportunity? Why, like, it, there's a kind of, like, I don't know. And, and then Steve will let you find that. He'll let you play with that, you know. Because um, with, with Jamal, I was like, it could be very easy to do the whole villain thing. Because in my mind, he's not a villain. He, yeah. didn't, he really didn't do anything wrong. I was like, we just watched the opening of a movie of these four he got his stuff was stolen. Yeah, it was taken, <laughs> man. Up, like, so. right, like, like jacked. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So it's like. To me, he is doing what is necessary. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to make a better place for my community, and you don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't care. Like, I get that you lost your husband and everything, but you know why you lost your husband? Because he stole my money. So it's like, 
I, I don't know. And Steve, Steve would literally, he would sit with me and let me do that. You know, when I got the part, like he flew me to Chicago and he sat me a vowel in a room, much like this, like across the table, the table from each other. And I'd say for the first half of the day, he just let us play with it. He just let us read it over and over again and, and just really try to fill it, like really try to like shed the, the layers of what doesn't need to be there. When, and he crafted this kind of relationship because like at the end of the day, she needs to fear me. Mm-hmm. And understand it then. And I, I also had to get over the fact that I am doing this with Viola Davis. So regardless of that, all of that has to be broken down. And we got to get to the meat and potatoes of what needs to be done. And that scene happens, you know, like, yeah, you know, just drops in the movie at that point. And, um, yeah, he just really wanted to make sure that we had that kind of connection. Mm-hmm. Because that's also the tricky thing about movies sometimes is, like, you don't really know the people you're working with. You know, sometimes you don't even know where your location is. You don't even know. Like, and that was the other thing about that scene. I was like, I had no idea when I saw that, when I saw this apartment, what you said, that is really me being like, oh, <laughs> oh, this shit keeps going. Like it wraps around that. Like, that's like Michigan that you see like, oh, and you stole my money. Bet. <laughs> Great. This is let's let's go. Um, and so it can be a little nerve wracking sometimes to do that, you know, cause you've got like, you've got all, you, these takes that you got to get. And you know, I, I hadn't met Viola before I met her on set of how to get away with, with murder. I did a, a appearance on an episode of that. And, but it was so crazy because I was playing the lawyer to Frank who was in, in, uh, in court at the time. And she was in court with him at the time as well. But my character doesn't interact with her. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally sitting at a table next to Viola Davis, like, but not having any mm-hmm. exchanges with her at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, until they said cut, you know, we talk. But in the scene, I didn't get to play with her, yeah. you know. And so this time I was like, oh, I really get to play. Like, this is what this is what I wanted. This is mm-hmm. and the fact that Steve gave me the opportunity to do that is uh, really, really great. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Just want to cover a couple of quick things here. You got coming up. <clears throat> I mean, you're in child's play. <laughs> How, how's the doll, man? Oh man, like it's it's a dream come true, man. man yeah. The horror the horror genre is one of my favorite genres of all time, and um, because I honestly believe in horror, you have to really be able to act. Like how I like it's really funny. I was watching child the original child's play over Christmas and. Uh, Don Mancini is such a genius. Like he's such a genius. Like because there's such a commentary horror movies. I feel like you know there were commentary about you know like drugs and economics and socioeconomic status and what happens when you know kids go wild and discover. But this movie simply was like about a mother wanting to get her child a doll that everybody loved. And you, I, you know, I'm an '80s baby, and you remember like the 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 good. I mean, well, we didn't have good guys, but my buddy. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, you know, we weren't really, we didn't have money growing up. So I knew that I was never going to get in my buddy. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember that after that movie came out, all the kids in my neighborhood who could afford my buddies, all their dolls were in the trash. And I was like, <laughs> ha! I was like, that's great. So, like, it's, so, so to be able, as I digress, so to be able to do this movie was the biggest joy that I've ever had. Like, it, I was a kid in a candy shop. Mind you, I'm doing this movie with kids who weren't born when the original came out, <laughs> so they have no clue, like, how Chucky affected our youth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's a great script. It's it's really brilliant. It's really smart. Um, you know, and, and 
it's a testament to the greatness of Don Mancini and how he crafted this story yeah. and, and how, like, just what happens, you know, to our youth and, like, how it can easily be penetrated by something as sinister as this doll that's possessed by this man that just is, you know... And it was fun. Working with Aubrey was great. You know, our partnership was unbelievable. Lars, our director, is amazing. It was it was a great time. And and I like I know people are gonna enjoy it. The best part for me is that it comes out the same day as Toy Story Four. Does it really? That's brilliant. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> I was like, let's ruin the kids. That's great. Yeah. And then you're uh, you just mentioned at the top you're back from Hawaii. You're shooting Godzilla vs Kong yeah. out there. Yeah, uh, man. Massive movie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, were you a Godzilla guy growing up? At of course all? I was. Okay. Like, of course. Like, it's um, all this stuff. Like, I'm hearing you say this stuff, and I'm like, it's just crazy that I'm doing that. Uh, but like, it's great, man. Like, I, I, I'm I'm working with Millie Bobby Brown, you know, and it's 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 great. Uh, we're having like so many like. It's crazy because like you're you're acting in this movie about the destruction of the world, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, from this titan, you mm-hmm. know, from this god-like thing. And you know, but we're in Hawaii. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. It's it's pretty great. Uh but it's it's great, man. It was it's really cool to to do that to do this movie. We're still shooting it actually and uh it's 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 like I said, it's all a dream come true. Trailer's cool. Yeah. Just saw it the other day. And yeah. then uh, last thing, Atlanta. When's the next season? Are you working on that now? Or is no, it not yet? Okay. I think that we're going to get back to it later this year. Okay. Um, but we definitely got a third season, and I can't wait. I cannot wait. I just saw Hero and Keith not too long ago, and I was just like, oh, my God, I miss you guys. I can't <laughs> wait. But I'm also excited to see where we're going to go yeah. this season because, like, you know, Robin's season was unlike anything I've ever experienced in, in my life. And um, it was uh, life-saving, actually. And <laughs> and the stories of our heroes have just gone in all different kinds of ways. I'm praying that Teddy Perkins does not return. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, like, it, we've got plenty, plenty, plenty of stories to tell this season. So, yeah, awesome. look out for it. Let, the, the one time I saw you here uh, a few, like, months back, you were you were doing some press with some of our TV team. Saw you on the elevator, and I was like, "Oh shit, Paperboy!" Like I didn't even think. <laughs> I know you knew your name, but I just yeah. that's what came to mind. So that yeah. tells you everything when when your character kind of is the first thing people see. But I'm happy that I can call you Brian right now. I so am too. Oh, also, man, show. I want to let you know, Woman in the Window. I'm doing Woman, Woman in the window. window. Joe Wright. Yeah, I was going to yeah, talk Joe about Wright. that briefly. Yeah, got Amy uh, Adams. Amy Adams and Gary mm-hmm. Oldman, bro. That's awesome. I don't know what else. <laughs> so I don't know what more you could possibly say, but. Uh, I hear yes. that book is fantastic. It is. It's really yeah. dope, man. It's, it's like it's this crazy thriller. Like you get to watch Amy Adams like let it all out and go insane, and I get to be a detective again. <laughs> like so, it's great. But it was. It's just gonna. That's coming out next year as well. I wonder what that is. You keep getting these kind of. I. You know what? I was always. Roles. I was like, why am I a cop? What is like? What's going on? What did? did what did people find? But you know what? White I actually boy got, Rick, same thing. Yeah. 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 Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> but. I actually appreciate it because it's like I actually get to actually under try to understand what that role is and mm-hmm. what that what it means because you know my relationship with the cops isn't that great. I don't like you know we're not very, but I'm trying to understand what that is. Yeah, and I think that it's great that these projects have come up that I get to play these guys in this way and and show a different side to law enforcement. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Did you ever think you'd say that? Never in my life, man. Never in my life, but here we are. Well, go check out all these movies. If Beale Street Could Talk should be wide by now, go check it out. If it's near you, go see Spider-Man if you haven't already. It's fantastic. Widows is out. Uh... White Boy Rick is on video. I oh, almost said video as if it's 1989. I know, right? VHS. Uh, which I partake in. Still. <laughs> Good, man. Go see all this stuff, man. I love all the stuff you're doing, Brian. Thank so you, man. keep it up, dude. Thank One you. One of my favorite actors. Thanks, Absolutely. man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.